Welcome, I'm Porik Sheeran, Head of SME at Three, and this is my first podcast in the I and Irish Industry series, where I talk one-to-one with customers and various other experts about challenges and opportunities to help small and medium-sized businesses thrive here in Ireland. Today, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Brian Kenny. He's General Manager of Architectural Aluminium. And they're a Dublin-based European market leader in curtain walling, glazing, and cladding. So I'll try and say that after a couple of pints. Um, Brian, you're very welcome, and thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you, Vorik. Happy to be here. So curtain walling, glazing, cladding, I kind of know what they mean, but tell me a little bit more about Architectural Aluminium. Um, well, Architectural Aluminium have been in business for over 40 years. Um, it's an Irish company, um, and we provide the entire building envelope that you'd see, the external facade of a building. That could have glass, aluminium, uh, terracotta panels, um, enamel panels, um, various different products. They're getting more complex than they used to be when the company started um, in terms of the requirement for thermal insulation, sound insulation, and then just the architectural concepts. But essentially, it's the entire external facade of a building. Okay, so you guys are pretty busy now, I imagine, with the, the construction boom that's happening. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're busy at the moment, yeah. We're mostly commercial, industrial buildings, so we wouldn't see the domestic market. That's where that most of that boom is at the minute, but um, things are yeah, busy at the moment. And any key projects people would be familiar with? Any any landmark buildings? Um, Three's headquarters on Sir John Rogerson Key would be a building that we did, an enamel uh, facade on that building um, George's key development here the pyramid topped buildings independent newspapers on the Nace Road and East Point Business Park Excellent um, okay and are you with the company long? I started in 2001 Okay and what's your own background? Um, so when I started in architectural aluminium I was uh, an IT administrator um, I had actually studied um, biology in college but um, for my sins I got landed in an IT admin role and over the years that developed into an IT management role and um, currently I'm the general manager of the company. Um, I don't know how I travel from there. <laughs> yeah, so. so biology to IT manager to general manager, this could be a really interesting podcast <laughs> with uh, with that background. So I think it's 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 really interesting that that's the type of role that you had because I suppose the theme of what we'll talk about today is really when is the right time to make the decision to move away from existing technology, maybe to invest um, and, and, and to move forward. So in your own experience, you know, how has that worked out in architectural aluminium? Well, that's always a, a difficult decision. Um, I suppose the bigger your company as well, the more stakeholders there are in making that decision. So it, it's, it's not an easy decision ever. Um, so uh, we uh, had challenges that were presented to the company as we grew and as the market grew, um, which helped us, I sub- or which didn't help us, I suppose, which um, encouraged us to make those decisions. Um, one of those was moving into the UK market during the downturn in the economy. Um, that kind of uh, gave us the challenge to how we could collaborate with our staff in the UK and, and in Ireland, um, which helped us make the decision to move to the cloud for document sharing and uh, communications, uh, moving our email servers off-site, that type of thing. But uh, it's 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 always a tough decision, and it requires a whole company to be behind it. You know, the entire management and staff to mm-hmm. to do it. So the initial UK move was that more about replicating what we have in Dublin in the UK initially, or was it an opportunity to to do something entirely different? No, it was the latter, an opportunity to do something different. Um, you know, in Ireland at the time we were very much a paper-based business, so we could move um, documents physically. Um, that kind of obviously became a much bigger challenge when you have site offices based in the UK working on construction projects over there. 
So no, it was some. It gave us a chance to review that process and to to make changes and uh, introduce better document management. You know, to capitalize on you know what cloud could give us in 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 those solutions. Mm-hmm. So maybe tell me a little bit more about the the UK entry experience. So what were the stages you had to follow? Who did you need to include in any decisions that were made? Who did you need to consult? How did the whole thing hang together? Well, the company made the decision at the time. Um, I, w- I wasn't part of that uh, group that would have made that commercial decision to move to the UK. Um, but within the company then, um, you know, I, primarily we would have been uh, discussing that with our, our um, contracts team who would deliver the projects. So we would have management on sites in the UK. We were very much um, led by their requirements, what they need, how soon they needed it. You know, in the in the building industry, we're as a subcontractor, we have a lot of stakeholders internally. We have a design team, we have an engineering team, and procurement teams, constantly sharing detailed information with our contracts department. And then we have third party subcontractors as well, supplying product to us, glass suppliers or you know aluminium suppliers. So there's an awful lot of interactions there between our stakeholders, our internal interactions, and us with our main contractor. So um, just gathering all that together and giving our contract people what they need and when they need it, that was the, the principal challenge and it was those that really led that decision. Mm-hmm. And then the whole budgeting process, how, how does that work or how challenging was that? Um, well, look, the business case, I suppose, was, was made. Uh, we, we, we didn't have a solution that addressed our needs at the time. So um, the budgeting decision in terms of finding a solution um, we we were a Microsoft house, so it wasn't too difficult. That we kind of concentrated mostly on Microsoft's offering, which was SharePoint at the time. Um, so the the budgeting decision was a trade off against the cost of delayed information on site, um, which obviously has a big impact if you're delivering a project late, which we don't ever want to do. Um, so the budgeting was was the was based off that. Okay. And in terms of the business case, what are the kind of outputs that you're looking for? What's the what's the return on investment? Um, a quicker delivery of the right thing on site. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Okay. And the single biggest challenge, if you were to zone in on that from the UK experience? Um, I suppose it's the frame of mind of the internal staff. You know, I mean, an awful lot of the, a lot of our staff have been with the company for a long time, which is a great thing. But a lot of them are also probably bedded into old processes and old ways of doing things. So to try and sell the idea to them or show them the capability of what it is you're proposing to do and get them to if they've not bought into it you're probably not going to be on a winner at the start so yeah, and and how does how does that happen is that sitting down with people is that what type of communications are you using to to get that message across no it's yeah it's face to face you need to sit down you need to show them you need to take their feedback and you know they're the ones that'll be doing it you know, if they don't, if they're not on board, you know, mm-hmm. if they, well, if it's probably not the right solution, so you're you're barking up the wrong tree at that stage. Mm-hmm. And in terms of contingency, like, did, did you have to build contingency either into budgeting, into your timeframes? How does that piece work? Um, no, not in that particular project. It wasn't like the contingency was to continue the way we were. Um, there was a risk, obviously, in that. Um, so it's balancing that risk against the risk of the change. Um the risk in the original process was just that, that time delay, you know, um, you know, the way we work as well is if you were to physically move documents across jurisdictions like that, by the time they reach the target, the document could have changed. Mm-hmm. 
you know so um it was just literally the the contingency plan really at that time was it was either continue as we are or improve what we're doing mm-hmm. and how much then was the uk piece a catalyst to do things differently in dublin or did the two have to move together well in terms of the documents and the collaboration side of things it was it was a great driver for us to change because the same rules apply to our local sites as they do now to our uk sites that we currently have so it probably was the the initial start point that got the whole thing moving for us yes mm-hmm. but it was probably inevitable anyway just at the time it was right for us when we were moving the market okay very good and experience would suggest or would, would tell me that more and more the decision making or the 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 benefits that technology can bring are now much more around the, the boardroom table around the senior management table so you've had the experience of moving from a kind of an IT role into general management is that your experience and and what what benefit do you think having that experience around a more senior position has has brought to to you and to the company yeah absolutely um i mean it probably traditionally um was a cost center to most businesses um so a, a lot of companies now it's so intrinsically linked with what everyone does i mean i suppose back in the 80s and early 90s even it was an accountancy solution more than anything um, whereas if you take, like we said, collaboration and all the various things that it can offer um, and all the different solutions that IT can offer, improved ability to deliver KPIs and manage them, monitor what's happening. Uh, there's just so many tight interactions there that it really has requires a representation to transfer from being that cost center to delivering value to any business, you know. So it is important that, in my view, anyway, that... Um, there is a IT technology um, representation um, at management level, senior management level, um, which probably would have originally been, you know, the accountant's kind of secondary uh, task was IT, whereas mm-hmm. it, there's, there's just so many interdependencies now that, that really doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And then obviously with that added emphasis comes added responsibility probably from your perspective. So there's a danger you might be the lone voice around the table pushing for a particular IT project. Where do you go for your own influence or your own kind of to keep yourself up to up to date and up to speed on what's going on? Yes. Yeah, so what I did, well, what happened um, in my my experience was that I um, I studied actually I did a master's in IT management in Maynooth University, and they have a research institute there, the Innovation Value Institute, and they have a framework that they use that um, I looked at. It was the IT CMF, the Capability Maturity Framework, and what that does is that lets you assess all the various capabilities that your company currently has and benchmarks them against um, other industry companies, other companies of a similar size. And it gives you a good picture of where you are and it, it talks in business terms. Um, so the idea is you align your IT requirements to the business requirement and that lets you sell it a lot easier. Now, if you can talk in the language of a business rather than talking in you know, the binary technical language that mm. most business people probably wouldn't understand, it, it makes that, that easier. But where I would go to is if you get the individuals on board with you first and you're giving them something that they think they need or that they do need, you know, it makes life easier because they get what they want or they get what they need and you get to give it to them. Mm-hmm. Very good. And you mentioned the cloud earlier. So how much of your entire infrastructure is now cloud-based? Um, well, all our um, project documentation is cloud-based. Um, our email systems are in the cloud. Um, we 
are implementing an ERP system at the moment, which ultimately will reside in the cloud. Um, and, you know, we still have a good de- degree of stuff that we're uh, keeping on site. Um, you know, a lot of our documents, our CAD documents are quite big. They're quite cumbersome. Um, it's At the moment, it's just better for us to keep that in-house, you know. So, But at large, it's growing constantly, you know. I mean, as... as um, connectivity improves you know it's makes everything much more feasible to put into the cloud indeed yeah? mm-hmm. and there's some people or maybe organizations that might have some concerns about security when it comes to cloud is that something you would have or you've had in the past um obviously yeah consu- security is always a concern um so uh, w- a lot of our work we collaborate in the cloud anyway a lot of the main contractors because like i said on a big building project there's a lot of stakeholders and they would collaborate online anyway because it's just much more efficient. So that decision was kind of made for us to a great degree. Um, our currently our more sensitive, our financial information isn't. Um, personally, I would be comfortable enough uh, making that move, but um, it, it's something that you're always conscious of. Um, but you have to balance that off against managing your own security. I mean, do you entrust that to, you know, a supplier? the likes of Microsoft or another cloud supplier that can do that for you mm-hmm. or do you bring that in-house and then take that burden on yourself so you have that security concern either way it's it's just how you manage it mm-hmm. and in terms of you if you look down the road maybe 12 24 months even five year stretch how far out are you planned in terms of technology projects or is it something that you kind of you, you base it on your your business plan at the time or opportunities at the time the more to be more at the time um but Interestingly, like I said, we're finishing out the implementation of an ERP system. Um, but just in the course of those conversations, like I said, that you have with the individual department heads, phase three is already building itself because you're getting the feedback. Wouldn't it be great if we could also? And so that will all form part of a bigger plan. But um, we would deal with it on a project by project basis. You know, once we've delivered this, we'll sit down and we look at the next phase um, it'll be a shorter term. The, the industry moves too fast mm-hmm. for you to for us to make a, a five-year plan like that mm-hmm. back to advice you would give to other small businesses you know again back to that that point of when is the right time to to move off you know existing platforms or existing technology onto something new typically there's probably two triggers one is what you have doesn't work anymore it breaks and you have a bit of a crisis to deal with or the second is it's more planful it's more strategic than that so in in either scenario what advice would you give to to small businesses who who want to invest in technology uh, it's a, a tough question to answer because every situation is very unique every company is unique and their requirements i would be um resolute to say that you need to have the discussions with the people that would be using the technology you need to give them what it is they need um they need to want what it is you're offering them you know, it's if, if you give them something that doesn't benefit them or they're not with with you on, you're probably not going to see much success. And um, so you do really need to take those people on board. They're the ones using it day in, day out. And um, the management of the company need to be 100 percent behind you. They need to be sponsors of your project. You know, if your management team aren't behind you, there's a likelihood the staff won't be behind it. So um, th- there is a whole company um, effort required there to, you know, to plan it and develop it and deliver it. Um, and I would also encourage uh, anyone to contact uh, the IVI I mentioned earlier on. They do have an SME um, digital um, solution there. It's on their website um, and it's a very useful tool to kind of get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really sound advice. I think, Brian, and I've really enjoyed the, the conversation with you. So uh, 
best of luck to you in architectural aluminium in the future. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Thank you.